0: Luke chapter nine, verses 23 to 27. And he said to them all, remember, this was said not only to his disciples, but it was said also to everyone. And imagine if he say these words to you, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. And you would say to him, but I'm already a Christian so did all the people who follow him at the time thought that they already belong to him or they are following him to wherever he's going that's why they were following him but then he stopped them he said if any man were to follow me so christ means something different when he say follow versus when people walk with him following christ does not mean you go to church every sunday that's not what he says here because people were following him they were following him from one place to the next they were being fed by him. They were been taught by him. but he said, he turned to them all and said, "If any man, if you want to really follow me, the real meaning of the word "follow" is this: If you want to follow me, then this is what I want you to do. First, you need to deny yourself, you need to take up your cross and then follow me. Wait a minute. then what am I doing right now?" People would ask, "We are following you." Are we all sitting under your teaching? Isn't that following? No. Follow me is this. And he gave you very, very specific examples. Following Christ means, first, deny yourself. Second, take up the cross. And third, follow. But there's one more. If any man, when you are a Gentile, what is a Gentile? A Gentile is someone who is not a Jew. That's a Gentile. Jew is someone who is of Abraham's seed, or who have the faith of Abraham. And all those who are not of Abraham, the scriptures say they are Gentiles. Okay? Gentiles are not Jews. Simply, it's not a bad term. It's not a derogatory term. It just means that they are not Jews. Not everyone who is called Jews are descendants of Abraham. You can become a Jew by following these examples. First of all, to become a Jew, you must first decide that you want to become a Jew. You don't have to be born a Jew. You can become a Jew by first saying you want to become Jew. Secondly, you have to renounce all of your previous beliefs. I don't believe in ancestry worship anymore. I don't believe in Buddha anymore. You have to do that. And thirdly, you have obey all of Moses' law and ordinances. And number four, you have to commit to the Jewish tradition until the day that you die. Four requirements. Jesus knew these requirements from the Jews and he looked at the audience and there were Gentiles and there were Jews and he told them because they think that Jesus was leading them to what? To becoming Jewish. And this is what you need to do. And Jesus knew they were thinking about becoming Jews. Some of the Gentiles are thinking about becoming Jews and Jesus telling them this so that their thoughts would be aligning with what he's saying. You're thinking you want to enter into the kingdom of God through the routes that the, Jew, the Jews are going toward God. And he says, this is what you need to do. So he's paralleling someone who wants to become a Jew and someone who would become a Christian in this way. Number one, you have to decide that you want to follow Jesus. There's no coercion here. We share a message and then we tell people, who wants to accept Jesus, come on up here, and then we try really hard to appeal to their intellect or appeal to their emotion. You only have two minutes left, I wait for two minutes and if you don't come up here, you will lose your chance forever. We don't do that because you have to make an informed And you have to make a decision to want to become part of Christ's family. And Jesus says this, if any man will come after me, he does not force them. He does not make them. It has to be your decision. And secondly, he said, you have to deny yourself, meaning all the things that you did in the past, whatever you believed in in the past, you have to let all that go. You have to forsake all that. But even more, you have to renounce it because when someone becomes a jew they have to renounce their old faith so whatever you believed in in the past you believe in in you have to renounce Moloch. does anyone know who Moloch is renounce means to deny say i don't believe in that anymore so if today going to church and you think you're serving the lord and at home you're still serving buddha you're still bowing down to idols you are not christ's disciple you have to deny all those things if you're serving the Lord and you're still serving other gods in your life, then he said, you are not mine. you have to renounce, you have to reject, you have to discard all those things if you want to be mine. Let him deny himself and then take up the cross. In the Jewish tradition, it means to adhere to the law and all the requirements of the law it means you have to obey the 10 commandments, 365 things that you should not do. Now, how many of you think that you violate some of that earlier today? Yeah, of course we do. So when you say that you want to become a Christian or you want to follow Christ, you have to deny yourself and follow what Jesus asked you to do. It's hard. That's why you have to make that decision yourself. And then uh, lastly, he said, you have to Follow me. You have to commit yourself to Christ for the rest of your life. I want to make sure you understand what following Christ means. Jesus says in Matthew seven thirteen and fourteen. He said, "Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it." What does that mean? He's saying this, if you want to follow me, it is going to be hard. If you want to follow me, it is going to be the way that not a lot of people are going. The way that's not following Christ is wide and it's easy and it's over there. My way is here. It's narrow, it's straight and it's difficult. And let me tell you why. Some Christians churches today, they say following Christ is that we have fun, we enjoy ourselves. We get to do whatever we want because Jesus paid it all. That's not what the gospel teaches. This is what the gospel teaches. Let me give you some example. If you look at your outline, John chapter 15, verse 20, Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, what do he say? They will also persecute you. Following Christ is what? People... Will persecute you. Consider the Lord's life and how he lived. Does today's church reflect that? You know what? Follow me to my church. My church is really cool. I have a really cool pastor. He has a really cool hairdo. Imagine if Jesus walked into some of the churches today, would he recognize it? Would the apostles walk into some of the churches today where his word is watered down and is glossed over? It's not real. We encourage people to live the way that they live, just like the rest of the world. And then we come into church, and we clap, and we say, continue to live that way. It's okay. You will not get that gospel here at this church. Luke chapter 13, verse 24, strive to enter in at the straight gate. And Jesus said this, look at that wide road over there. That's the easy one. Look at this road over here. It is the narrow and straight road. And he said this, for many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able to. Not only he's saying that, you see, that road over there is difficult. But if you want to get in there, it's hard. You won't be able to get in there. So he said, consider. Consider if you want to follow me, it's going to be very difficult. And he said, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Yea, all that will live godly in Christ shall be persecuted. If you want to follow Christ, you will be persecuted. Not only from people that you don't know, but also from your own family. You will be persecuted. Matthew chapter 10, verse 22 says that ye shall be hated of all men. You will be hated of all men because they hated Christ. And what did they do to him? They crucified him. John sixteen two. they shall put you out of the synagogue. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you think that he does God a favor. Think about this. If you follow Christ and people kill you, they think that they're doing it for the Lord, for God. This is what Christianity is. John chapter 7, verse 14, I have given them my word and that the world shall hate them. The reason why the world hates you is why? Because the word of God is in you. Now, if the world loves you, yes, that means the word of God is not in you. So the more that you have the Word of God in you, the more the world will hate you because you shining a light into their sin, their darkness, and therefore they hate you. So if you want to be likable to the world, then do what? Take the Word of God out of your lives. You want to be likable to the world. Acts chapter 14 verse 22, confirming the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith. This is after the apostle Paul was stoned, and he said this, and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. The gospel that Paul preached was through tribulation we enter into the kingdom of God. Not through nice and good worship sessions and beautiful music we enter into the kingdom of God. The apostle Paul says through much tribulation, hardship, difficulty we enter into the kingdom of God. First Corinthians 15:19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. What does that mean? If you only believe in Jesus Christ so that you have a good life here on earth, you're all wrong. Following Christ is not for this life. Stop doing this. If you tell your friend, believe in God, he will give you everything that you need. That's wrong. That's not the gospel. The gospel is what? We have hope in the life to come. First Thessalonians 3.3 that no man should be moved by these afflictions. Timothy, look at my life. I'm in prison for the Lord. I'm beaten for the Lord. And this is the gospel. But today we see Christians that are beaten. We want to turn our heads away. We want to shake our heads. We want to move the other way. Paul says, look at my life. I'm in prison for the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11, 32 to 38. Lions, violence of fire, edge of the sword, fought with enemies of aliens. How many of you fought with aliens before? These are the different kinds of aliens, tortured, trials, cruel mockings and scourging, bonds, imprisonment, stone, sawn asunder, tempted, slain by the sword, destitute, afflicted, tormented. This is the life of a Christian. I'm presenting to you the gospel. Consider these things. If you are ready to endure these things, then follow Christ. It's real. It's not this sugar-coated Christianity that you hear so often today. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, And if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. Peter is telling you, if you do good and people clap, that's nothing. But if you do good and people punish you for doing good, that is when you live for the gospel. After you work so hard for VBS, you put on this five-day, you labor, you sweat, you injure yourself, do all these things, and people are going to clap and say, Wow, good job, everything is fine. But what if they don't? That's the gospel. Gospel is when they don't. You suffer for righteousness' sake. Smile, you say, this is what I do it for. I do it for the Lord. Revelation nine. John, who I'm also your brother, companion in tribulation. Christians, we have a companion. And our companion is tribulation. What is tribulation? Bad times. Difficult times. Revelation 17, 14. And I say unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation. Who are these? The servants of Jesus Christ. Where they come from? They came out of tribulation. Consider these things. Consider your shadowing Christ and you will enter into these environments. Do you want to commit? Do you want to commit to follow Christ? Now, today, it's difficult. You don't get to do what you want to do. When we follow Christ, we need to know what the cost. When Jesus says, if you don't first sit down and consider the cost, you will disappoint yourself because true follower of Christ understand the cost of following Christ. That's why he says, if you want to follow me, not this following Christ like where he goes and you go, no. If you really want to follow me, first of all, deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. You ready to commit? Do you want to make this commitment? And I'm not going to call you to make this commitment today. It's not a one-time commitment. Jesus says, if you want to follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. I want to ask you to consider the cost of following Christ, the true gospel, what it means, because this is the reason why I follow Christ. I don't follow Christ because it's easy. I don't follow Christ because it's what I like to do. I follow Christ because he walked this way. He did these things so that today we don't have to have hope in this life. We have hope in Jesus Christ who's not part of this life. And where he goes, that's where I want to go. Where he is at, that's where I want to be at. Do you see Jesus Christ here on earth today? There's so many of us want to build our kingdom here, don't we? We want to enjoy our time. We want to enjoy our life here on earth. Then I tell you this, then we don't belong in the kingdom of God. I want to be in the kingdom of God. Peter says that we are strangers and pilgrims here on earth. If you don't have that sentiment, if you don't have that mentality that we are only strangers and we're pilgrims here, we don't build our kingdoms here. This is not our kingdom. This is not our world. Our kingdom is in a place that's everlasting and we are only strangers and pilgrims here. And these are the things that the gospel, your Bible, everything that I just read to you is in the New Testament. This is what it means to follow Christ. Do you ready to commit? Because if you do, you're going to look so different than the world. You're going to walk, you're going to behave, you're going to act, you're going to speak very different from the world. And they will hate you for it. But this is the cost of following Christ. This is the true cost of following Christ. It's not that you give away an hour and a half on Sunday and give some money to church and this is not the cost of following Christ. The cost of following Christ is you accept that you're going to be so different than the world, that you're going to speak differently than the world, that you're going to behave differently than the world, that your heart and your mind and your soul is in a different place and in a different kingdom than the world, that, that the things that entertain the world it doesn't entertain you anymore. What gives you joy? Are the games, are the entertainment or those following the Lord? you joy changing people's lives give you joy if for the past five days that you were here what do you think you've done you know we come together we worship together it was a great time we jump we sing we shout it we spend time playing together was the reason what was the motivation the reason when you put it all together what came out of it you don't know you will never know unless you were the one who served What came out of it for me was this, I saw everyone came together, love each other. What motivated me was when I see there's a generation that's now mature, that's serving. You are affecting the lives of other people. That was the result. You're affecting their lives for the gospel. It's easy to put up an event where everyone's jumping around and having fun, but for the wrong purpose and reason. But you came here for five days. You put your heart, your mind, your soul, your sacrifice. You lead these group of people, your your siblings, your friends. You push them toward the gospel for the word of God, to worship God, to learn about God. You are changing their lives forever. You're changing the spirit for the gospel. That is what came out of these five days. And that's what I saw. When you get to the point where you own this, you own this work, and you see all of these lives matter to you, so much that you're willing to put aside all of the other things that you do in life, other things that other people think that they are beneficial to them, you put it all aside and you say, my focus is here in changing the lives of those that are around me. And if that became your first and most important work, then I believe that you are on the right path. All other things that we do only benefit us. And if that's the case, by the standards of God, we are above all most selfish, miserable creatures. If we don't live our life to bring people to Christ, that's what it means to bring people to Christ—not to convert them from an unbelieving state to a believing state. No, bring people to Christ is bringing them from the state where they're in right now, thinking that they're believing in Christ drawing them onto this path walking with us sacrifice just imagine you do all this work and you look and behind you all these people are ready to walk with you all these people all these kids all these young and old people are walking with you and say whatever you need I'm willing to do I'm willing to make the sacrifice because I see it in you I see it affects not only me but I see it affect all the people around me that is the value of what we're doing here and that's why I'm doing here. Otherwise, I have other things I'd rather do, but this is the most important thing for me. Their lives are being changed here. Their souls are being affected here, and the work that we do here is so important. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the day are evil. Time is never on our side. You think that you are young and you have a lot of time on your side. The Apostle Paul says, you're wrong. Time is not on your side. You're running out of time. Consider and be wise. And this is what he say, walk carefully, walk in the light, walk in the path of the Lord, the way that Jesus walked, what he did, do those things, walk in those paths. That's where the wise walk. The fools, they dance their lives away. And then when they realize it's over, they haven't done anything for anyone, even for themselves. That's the most miserable life to live. Father, instill in the lives, in the minds, in the hearts, Of those who are standing in this room I know Lord there are so many who don't understand but I do know that there are some here that understood that grasp this this price this cost that they have to pay to follow you but there is not a call for everyone is definitely not a call for everyone who is here in this room but for those that are called your word said that you will justify that you will sanctify and that you will glorify and for those Lord I pray today that their hands will be strengthened that their heart will be established that their minds will become wise in seeing the work of God unfolding in them and through them affecting the lives of those that are around may their lives be an example of Christ and what you have done may they grow and become manifest in all the ways that you have from now Lord God until the day that we see the Lord appearing in the clouds in the name of Jesus we pray amen